Section 54 of The United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. The World's Story, 13. The United States. Edited by Eva March Tapan. Section 54. The Storming of Chapel Tepec. 1847 by james barnes when general scott arrived before the city of mexico with his little army he found the city defended by a double line of fortifications strengthened by lakes and marshes on august the twentieth the outer works were carried by four desperate assaults after a futile endeavour to arrange terms of peace the forts of molino del rey were stormed and captured in a hand-to-hand -hand struggle and nothing remained to carry but the almost impregnable castle of chapel tepec the editor there was no sleep that night for the general or his staff they had taken the first step to chapel tepec they were on the lower stair but they would have to fight their way to the very top and if this day's battle was an earnest of the one that was to follow there would be between five and six thousand men only left him to enter a city that had comprised among its population nearly eighty thousand men of fighting age whether the city would resist his entering if chapel tepec should fall he could not tell he was led to suppose it would not at all events there was no time to hesitate action was necessary scott said to one of his officers if i had ten times the number of men that i now have i could use them so every man must fight as if he was ten himself and that is exactly what they did by all rules of the game of war that were ever printed written or learned scott was defeated and repulsed in fact he should have been annihilated if not at molino del rey the first thing on the following morning after this costly victory the mexicans might have poured out like an avalanche from the cliffs above and swept the little blue-coated army out of existence but such a thought never entered the american private's mind the general had carried him through tight places before and he would do it again there was nothing to prevent him entering the city proper at this very minute all he had to do was to batter down one of the gates and rush through into the streets that were filled with the terror-stricken inhabitants but with chapel tepec in the mexican's hands his sojourn in mexico would have been short he might have entered but he would never have left again it was necessary to pause before delivering the final attack scott determined to divert attention by pretending that the city was his destination so on the twelfth of september a battery well supported was sent forward to begin hammering at the gate four large batteries were planted within easy distance of the castle walls with orders to begin firing as soon as daylight was sufficient for ranges to be found long before the sun had shone above the horizon the grim grey dawn was saluted by the red gashes of flame from the cannon's mouths the shells raising their fiery arches from the burning fuses the thundering discharges of the mexican guns that soon replied almost shook the solid rock 
from daylight till it was pitch dark the artillery duel went on the mexicans though firing from above displayed luckily little accuracy and the american gunners soon got the range to a dot and hardly a shot went wild by nightfall it was evident the fortress was severely shaken and by the morning of the thirteenth the storming party were in position the plan was to advance in two columns pillow was to come forward from the west and quitman from the southeast ahead of the main columns on each side were two hundred and fifty picked men worth's division was to act as a reserve and twiggs was to keep up his attack on the gates of the city the mexicans had mined the first line of defences and it was the intention to blow up the americans if they should ever cross the ramparts but so keen were the troops and so swift was the advance that the picked vanguard reached the first wall and surmounted it alone they shot down the men who had been left to fire the mines and were stamping out some of the burning fire trains that led to them as the main division shouting and cheering came tumbling over the escarpment the firing now broke out all along the surface of the hill here and there little bands of five or six men could be seen climbing along like goats helping with hand and shoulder their comrades above and beneath them resistlessly they pushed up the mexicans watching from the cathedral spires and the city walls saw the star and stripes flag after flag appear as point after point was taken but for some time from the topmost pinnacle floated the mexican banner and then at last it waved fluttered and came down a detachment of the new york volunteers led by lieutenant reed and another of the second infantry led by the brave lieutenant steele were the first to gain the inner walls of the citadel young steele was badly wounded but with the assistance of two men on either side of him he kept moving upward and when at last he reached the top it was his own hand that lowered the last mexican banner as its folds fluttered about him he fell fainting to the ground scott with great difficulty owing to his tremendous size and weight at last reached the crest and saw the retreating mexicans streaming away on all sides and hanging on their flanks pursuing them were bodies of american troops mad with the desire to kill and to have revenge for the slaughter of their comrades at molino del rey scott sent orders ordering the recall of the pursuers to those about him he raised his voice almost in supplication be humane and generous my boys as you are victorious and i will get down on my bended knee to god for you to-night it was a long time however before the officers could call off their men from the pursuit the hillsides and plain and the meadow beyond were crowded with dead and wounded mexicans in the afternoon a small battery was carried before the gates and at four o'clock on the next morning september the fourteenth a deputation from the city council waited upon general scott and informed him that the government and all the troops had fled from the capital and that the citizens themselves wished to surrender the city scott refused to sign any capitulation claiming that the city was already in his possession and about daylight worth and quitman advanced 
and, practically unmolested, reached the great plaza and hoisted the colours of the United States on the National Palace. There was some rioting that lasted twenty-four hours, for many soldiers had thrown aside their uniforms, and joining the liberated convicts, carried on desultory firing from the housetops. But with the assistance of the municipal authorities, who apparently were glad to see the American army in possession, they were at last driven out and punished. Guards were posted everywhere, and within four days the city was tranquil and cheerful, and the American soldiers everywhere winning their way, not now by force of arms, but by strict maintenance of law and order, and by the magnanimity of their conduct. End of section 54 This recording is in the public domain.